guys, I just want to give you a warm welcome. Um, yeah, it's definitely an honour to be here this morning. Can you guys hear me clear? Um, just a bit about myself. So if you don't know me, my name's Levi McGee, brother of Casey McGee. Um, we're actually quadruplets. My wonderful mother is sitting in the second row with my beautiful wife, Paris. Um, yeah, yeah, Paris. So if you hear some loud shouting, it's just here. But, um, yeah, so I've grown up in the town of Fakatani for most of my life. Uh, I had the privilege of um, being raised in an awesome Christian family um, where we were raised in the things of the Lord, which has definitely given us a head start in life. Um, spent a lot of time at Liberty Church, um, then transitions to Edgecombe at about the age of 18. And uh, recently we've come to Echo Church and we just feel so at home, which is so awesome. Um, and just something funny about today. So um, it would have been about three months ago. I woke up one day and I had a dream that Pastor Sam asked me to preach here. And I said to Paris, mark my words, uh, Sam's going to call me at some point and ask me to preach, and here we are today. So, <laughs> But isn't it amazing? See, God, he's a personal God, and he'll speak to us. He'll show us things to come. And um, so I definitely believe that today you're not here by mistake. You're here by God's divine destiny. Amen. So uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your grace, your amazing love, your mercy. And Father, I just pray this morning for each one here that you would give them ears to hear, a heart that's open, that will receive your word with gladness, with joy, Father. Lord, I pray for answers to questions this morning, Father. Lord, that you'll just illuminate the word to our hearts this morning. And I just pray, Lord, that the words that I speak this morning will be your words, Father, flowing out, Lord God, that they would change us, they would encourage us, Father, and help us to ultimately seek you more each day. So I pray this is in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So who's had a challenging year this year? Just myself? <laughs> See, oftentimes we don't enjoy challenges, do we? We like to sit in the cruisy lane, you know, life in the fast lane, just let life take you where it wants to. But you know, I find challenges have given me a new perspective on life. Um, and one thing I can definitely relate to with challenges is with work. So as I said, I work at Fonterra in Edgecombe. I've been there for about nine years now. Love it, lovely place to work. My brother also works at Fonterra. And um, I've always found God's put me in positions that I can, in the natural, not do on my own. And um, it's very scary. Um, oftentimes you can feel overwhelmed. You, you know, you're put on the spot. But through it all, I found that God has actually used those times to strengthen me. Um, I remember having times with new jobs and, um, you know, you're so stressed out, you can't eat. And then people are hanging on your decision. What's the answer? What, what do you want us to do? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And you, you get so consumed in the thoughts of what you may do wrong. But rather than, hey, just trusting, like, God's with me. Like, he's got my back. And, and you see, that's the thing that sustained me is knowing that God is with me. You know, no matter how many hard things I'll face in life, he is always there. Um, and one of the biggest things that's helped me along the way is deciding in my mind I'm not going to quit. You know, when things get hard, I'm not going to give up. I've got a list of scriptures on my wall, and sometimes when things get hard, I just learn to laugh at the situation and say what God says. You know, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Because, you know, you've got to renew your mind to the Word of God. As one man said, frame your world by the Word of God. See, don't say what other people are saying. It's looking, you know, don't say what the bank balance is saying. Don't say what the situation is saying. Say what God says. Amen. You know, another thing that's helped me through my hard times is having godly people that you can share your struggles with. Someone that's been down the same road as you that can give you a word of comfort. You know, as, as they say, a burden shared is a burden halved, and that's definitely helped me too. So like I said, God has been teaching me to see storms and trials and struggles in a new light. You know, I think of Jesus. How did he respond when he went through hard times? 
See, when life squeezed Jesus, what did he say? How did he respond? You think of the cross. We thought about communion this morning. What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know no what they do. Amen? The more he was squeezed and pressed, the more love that came out of him. See, another thing I think about when I go through hard times and struggles is, you know what? In the light of eternity, it doesn't actually matter. See, what truly matters is, do I know God? Do I have a personal relationship with him? Because we're all passing through this life. This life is the shortest thing we'll ever have, amen? It's so short, it's so quick. It's like a vapor, like the book of James says. But what do we do with our time? What are we portraying to the world around us? Amen? See, in life, we're all going to go through stuff. We're all going to go through hard times. But when we go through the hard times or the stuff, the mess, the ugliness, do we look like the stuff or do we look like Jesus? I mean, that's my challenge to myself. How do I respond? You know, when life squeezes us, what comes out of our mouth? How do we respond? What, what do we say? What do we cling to? Where is our trust? How do we react? So this morning, I want to talk to you about peace in the storm and how to overcome your storms. Amen? So what is a storm, you may think? Well, in my life, I've come to realize a storm is something that can be so devastating, it can knock you to your knees, it can take the breath out of you and take away your hope. How many of us have had that happen? You know, a storm can come in many different ways. It can be a financial storm, a relationship storm, a health storm, whatever kind of storm it is. But storms will all come to us in life. We can't avoid them. You know, many of us here are facing storms. Some of us are here sitting today thinking, how are we going to cope? I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just so hard. What do I do? I don't want to say to you, be encouraged this morning. God is with you, and God can deliver you through your storm, and you'll come out with a new perspective, a new understanding, and a new appreciation for life. Amen? God can turn your pain into power, your wounds into wisdom, and your scars into stars. He can turn your mess into a message, and God loves to turn messes into messages. I'll try not to make a mess of my message, though. <laughs> so would you like to turn with me in your Bibles to James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Who loves their Bibles? Amen. All right. And it says this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Let me just say that again. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Is it amazing how Scripture is often opposite to how we feel at the time? Lord, I just feel stressed. I feel like, I feel like chaos in here. But he's saying, count it all joy. How do you do that? You know, I believe the only way we can truly experience God's joy in this situation, in the mess, is it comes down to our relationship with him the time we spend alone with him, in prayer, seeking his face. Amen? I love that scripture that says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it was amazing how the songs we sang this morning actually tie into this message. There's a lot about joy and, and, and miracles. And I just think it's amazing how God knows what's ahead. Amen? <laughs> so my first point of this morning's message is this. Storms will test your faith. They will make you feel uncomfortable. See, storms often get our attention of what is unimportant, to what is important. You know, I remember even, uh, there's been many times at work God speaks, spoken to me, you know, I've been cruising, I mean, I like things comfortable, I like to have everything in control, 
Um, and I was driving my forklift one day, and I heard kind of the Lord. It wasn't like an audible voice, but just an impression of my spirit. It was kind of like, you know, you're just living life. And it made me kind of think like, yeah, what am I actually doing with time I've been given? You know, time is so short. We're all given 24 hours a day, but once we spend time, we can't get it back. And it really made me think like, do I just want to take the easy road in life, or am I going to, you know, tread the hard road? Because, you know, nothing in God comes easy, amen? Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But what? Be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. See, it all comes back to relationship with Christ. Storms change our environment. Nothing stays the same, and you won't be the same each time you come through a storm. See, many of us today have come through some hard, hard storms, amen? But it's only by the grace of God that we're here today. You know, God is more interested in us being Christ-like than being comfortable. And again, it's so easy to get stuck in the ruts, but when God is calling us to greater things, there's always going to be giants in the land or adversity on the way. But God says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Another scripture I cling to in times like this is, the greater one is in me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So although storms can be very challenging, God promises to give us peace in our storms when we trust in him. Where is your trust this morning? I'd like to read a scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. It says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that's a key, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amazing. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. You know, as I began to think about peace this week, and, you know, it's, it's, the world has a very different understanding of what peace truly is. You know, I kind of think of hippies, you know, peace and love, you know. <laughs> but the world is searching for true peace. You know, the definition of peace is this, calm, harmonious relations. The Young's definition of peace means rest, ease, and security. The Bible refers to faith as being a rest because we trust in God. So where's your trust this morning? What do we cling to in desperate times? Do we cling to the bottle? Do we drink our problems away? It's just easier. Do we cling to our bank account? You know, as long as I've got millions in the bank or whatever, I'm going to be fine. I can escape out of any problem. See, the truth is these things won't sustain us. They may drown the problem out for a time, but the, always, the problem's always going to be there. See, the only one who can satisfy and heal a human heart is the one that created it, and that is God. See, only God can deliver you through your storm, and he will give you true peace and rest. One of my favorite scriptures is in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. See, the world wants true peace. Money isn't peace. You know, a sad thing I see many times, especially as a musician, a lot of musicians and other people are committing suicide because they're not happy. They can't find the true source of happiness. See, the enemy, he packages many different things to look great. You know, makes everything look good, but he never shows the end result. Some people think, if I become famous and do this, I'm going to feel happy, I'm going to feel fulfilled and successful. And when they get to that, they realize it was all a lie. What have I done? See, God wants us to focus on what's important. And sometimes we have these hard trials and storms, but oftentimes God gets our attention through those storms. I'm not saying he sends all the storms, but he can deliver us through the storm.
See, the Bible calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. I mean, how many times did Jesus go through hard situations? There's many in there. But was he ever unprepared for situations that he faced? No. And you know why that was? He had an intimate relationship with his father. He, obe- he was obedient at all costs. And sometimes when God calls you to do something, everything inside you is going to say, I can't do it. I'm not worthy. There's no way I can do that. Look at me. Who am I? But see, God glories in our weakness. You know, I like a saying that I heard once. It says, God doesn't bless ability. He blesses availability. Are, you, are we going to be the ones that say, here I am, God. Use me. Use me for your glory. That's what God loves. Amen. Uh, will we turn to a scripture in Mark chapter 4, verse 36? Mark verse 4, chapter 36. All right, we're there? Okay. So I love this. This is a great analogy of storms. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the winds beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Mm, That sounds like fun, doesn't it? But he, being Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Man, Jesus acts so different, doesn't he? They awoke him and said, Teacher, do not care that we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know, just think of that, right? These are experienced fishermen. They've obviously done that journey many times. And the storms come out of nowhere and they're freaking out. The boat's starting to fill up. And Jesus is just sleeping there, just relaxed like nothing's happening. <laughs> but how often are we like the disciples when our boat is sinking, when everything looks like it's in the custard? How many times do we say, God, where are you? What are you doing? Do you even care? You know, I've, I've heard many testimonies of people that don't believe in God because they say, how can God let these things happen to me? But they don't understand the full picture. See, we get so caught up in the problem and we forget that God is bigger than the problem. I mean, Jesus is the answer to our storms in life. See, God will always be with us in the storms of life, but he wants us to trust him in it. You know, and I believe a greater miracle would have happened if the disciples didn't wake Jesus. You know, maybe he was wanting them to, you know, rebuke the wind. I'm not too sure, but, you know, God has his ways, and it was a test. And I believe God is saying the same thing to us in our storms. Where is your faith? Jesus was with them the whole time. The creator of the universe is with them, and they still doubted. But I can sympathize with that on much the same at many times. But God is graceful, amen? <laughs> Especially Peter. Good example. See, Jesus was resting in the storm, and we can also rest. The problem is if we don't rest in God, we can let the situations in life speak louder to us than the truth of God's word. You know, a scripture I love also is John 8, verse 32, and it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. See, it's not talking about knowing in the mind. We can read all the scriptures and and know all the scriptures in our mind, but if we don't have an experiential knowledge of God, that means nothing. See, that word know in the Greek comes from the word know-so, which means to know by experience. It's talking about an intimacy with God, such a close, tight intimacy with God. So what is it saying? 
So you experience God and his goodness and his love and his deliverance on a daily basis. So no matter what happens in life, no one can take that from you because you knew God delivered you from the thing in the past. He healed you from this, amen? So when you face your next storm, God is going to come through. See, God wants us to come to a place where we display his nature and his love no matter what comes our way. You know, how many of us have been in storms and situations and we just feel so pumped up in God? It's not about the situation and people around us are saying, how are you so happy? I didn't realize you had all these things going on. You know, I can, I've actually got a quite a cool story. So we've got this uh, three-legged cat. Who's got animals here this morning? Just a few of us? No. <laughs> well, we've actually got twin cats. Funny story. My wife thinks that that's a sign from the God that we'll have twins. But anyway, she's blushing now. <laughs> but uh, this cat's got three legs. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went for a run one morning about 5.30 and I come back, found the cat under the car and, you know, he'd been hit and um, he almost died. So we took him to the vet. He got stitched up. They cut off his leg. And, you know, what really struck me with this cat is that, you know, he'd been through a very, very hard time, but he's just such the most loveliest cat. And he hops around on three legs like nothing has happened. He's not depressed. He's not sitting in the corner crying. And he's just got such a joyful heart, and they actually didn't quite do the operation properly, so we just sent him back six months later. And again, like, I remember picking him up from the vet and driving home, and he just leant into me and cuddled me and was purring, was so happy. And it made me think, like, you know, how does the father react when he sees us going through the worst things in life, but we come out joyful and more excited, happy to be alive? Like, it just made my heart melt. I think that's what God wants us to be like in our mess. Hey, I'm here. Like, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but what are we doing with today? Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but God is with us, amen? See, the problem is these days, um, you know, we're walking past people at work and go, how are you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, and it's quite shallow. You know, we paint this picture that everything's okay, but oftentimes people are going through some hard times. And sometimes it just takes us to just open up and share our experience and how God's delivered you know, us through the times, and people can really relate, because many people are out there hurting. Now, without God, there is no hope, but we have the hope. The Bible says we have Christ in us, which is the hope of glory. And he wants us to share his love. You know, the only way I got saved and got to know God is because someone took the time and stepped out of their comfort zone to share God's word to me. And it was real. And people can see it in your eyes, amen? See, what you're going through means nothing because it's all about who God is in you. So I'm not saying it's not hard. There's things that are devastating in our lives, but it's all about who God is in you. It's a perspective shift. When you begin to take your eyes off what's happening, the self-pity, the doubt, and you realize that God is with you, there's a bigger picture at play. And if I'm faithful to God, he will deliver me through the storm. See, God will train us how to handle our storms, how to transcend them. I love a scripture in Isaiah 40 verse 31. It says this, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. You know, I remember reading the scripture years ago when I was about uh, 15, 16, and I thought it was interesting how God used many animals to describe certain analogies in the Bible. And um, I actually looked into eagles over the last week, and it was actually quite profound um, how this ties into my message. So I'm just going to read something about eagles, and I hope it's a blessing to you guys. <laughs> so eagles love storms. Eagles are the only birds that love the storm. When all other birds flee from the storm and hide from its fierceness, fierceness, eagles fly into it and will use the wind of the storm to rise higher in a matter of seconds. They use the pressure of the storm to glide them higher without having to use their own energy. Now, just think about this, right? 
They are able to do this because God has created them uniquely with an ability to lock their wings in a fixed position in the midst of the fierce storm and winds. Now, doesn't that make you think about faith? See, challenges in life are many. There are storms you must face to rise higher in Christ. Like an eagle, we only rise to greater heights if we take up the challenges head on without running away from them. And I just thought that was so amazing. You know? And there's other things about an eagle, like they don't like to stay comfortable, so eventually the mother actually makes the nest uncomfortable so the chicks have to fly and are forced to fly out of the nest. And I thought, man, isn't that like us sometimes? You know, we're forced out of our nest that we make. You know, we get comfortable doing what we've done, but God's sometimes saying, I'm calling you to greater. And I just thought that was amazing. See, storms do not have to overcome us, just like the eagle. God equips us to ride the winds and our storms. You know, God is the potter and we're the clay. And if we have a soft heart, even during the hard times, instead of becoming bitter, we can become better. We can let God's hand shape us and mold us through our trials. See, everything we go through isn't wasted in life. God can use it as a testimony to others. Amen. See, we're to give no place to fear in the storm. See, fear is a faith crippler. I mean, many times in my life I've experienced fear and it can be overwhelming. It can grip you. You can lose sleep at night. You just feel like the world's falling over. But the Bible says we're to fear not. See, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that amazing? See, God never designed us to worry or want. You know, you think of Adam and Eve back in the garden. God had everything there for them, right? Everything was there for them to take. And God is, God's the same today. He has everything for us, but we have to come to Him. He loves it when we are dependent on Him. I'd like to turn to another scripture in John verse 14 to 27. John verse 14, 27. Is this making sense, guys? Awesome. So many pages in this one. Here we are. I love this one. Peace I leave with you. So this is Jesus saying to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we have to take courage. We have to choose to not let the fear overwhelm us. I like a little footnote in my Bible that says this. The peace of Jesus surpasses all understanding because it is supernatural power. It comes from the source of, of Christ himself. His peace keeps us from fear and worry because it brings us straight to him. You know, I heard another analogy, and it was pretty much along the lines of fight all your battles on your knees, and God will win them every time. You know, some battles we will never win in our own strength. But God wants us to come to a place of humility. We say, God, I can't do it. And that's the place he loves us to be. Hopelessness, despair. How many times in the word of God have we seen situations that looked hopeless? Like Think about Moses in the Red Sea, right? When he comes up and it looks like, how am I going to get through? But God made a way. And I want to say to you today, God will make a way through your storm, through your trial. Amen? So I just like, I'd like to invite Simone to come up, please, as I close on my last part of the sermon. So true peace can only come from knowing God. So as we spend time with God, we'll continue to hear his voice. 
But if we're not in that place, we may miss what he's saying to us. And that's why I come back to the alone time with God, the intimacy. You know, Jesus was our perfect example. How many times did he depart early in the morning by himself to a solitude place, free from distractions, free from iPhones or whatever distractions we may have, and he seeked his Father. You see, God wants us to do the same thing. It may not be easy getting up early in the morning, but what is important to us, guys? Amen? See, Jesus was never up and down. He wasn't like a yo-yo. One day it's good, next day he's bad. No, he was consistent. God wants us to be in a place that we're consistent. Because our lives, like the Word of God says, it's, it's a living epistle that's been written, and men are going to see it. Men are going to be reading your life from what they see and how you respond. So what, what image are we portraying to the world around us? Matthew 11 verse 28 says, Come to me, all you are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart and will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. See, don't be weighed down by life. Come to Jesus. And the Bible says to cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. So I'm going to leave you with a few points that I've covered through this message. In life, we will face many storms, but through them, we can experience a supernatural peace that can only come through God. Don't look to the problem. Look to God. He is bigger than the problem. Remember that you have the presence of God, the power of God, the promises of God, and the purpose of God. God has a plan for you. And lastly this, I want you to remember that God will use your storms for his glory, for your growth, and for the good of the kingdom. So I'd just like to close in prayer. Father God, Lord, we acknowledge that without you, we have nothing, we are nothing. Father, I pray for each one here today that although many of us may be going through some hard storms, some trials, very hard times, I thank you, Lord, that you comfort them right now, that you help them to continue on, to not give up, but to take courage. Father, I pray that they'll get to understand a new revelation of your goodness and your love and your comfort through this time. And Father, that we'll understand that even though storms aren't comfortable, they're not easy, that through them, Father, we can come out with a greater understanding, that we can share your love to this world, Father, and lead many to your kingdom. So I thank you, Lord, as we go away, that you're with us, that you keep us safe, Father, and just stir up an insane hunger for you, Father, that all we'd want to do is to glorify you, no matter what we face. So we just pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.